conducting productive planned parent conferences. Every teacher in a public or private school has to participate in parent conferences on a regular basis. Whether it be quarterly or bi-yearly, teachers have to meet with parents to discuss with them the progress that their child is making, both academically and behaviorally. These conferences can be somewhat uncomfortable based upon the parent-teacher relationship that exists at the time. A teacher's uncomfortability can be based upon many factors, some of which can be attributed to poor preparation, the inability to discipline, poor communication skills, or the fear of having a confrontation with the parent. Confrontations usually occur after two people have the inability to agree on a given topic or process. As teachers, which I am one, we all should develop the strategies that are necessary to have productive conflict, which is merely the skill to leave enough space in a conversation for a disagreement. The problems occur, though, when egos get in the way and someone has to be right at all cost, and it's my way or the highway. Fear can and does create a defensive attitude. When teachers are unprepared or when they have to communicate the truth about a child's behavioral and academic progress, they begin to react in one of two ways. One, they become subjective in their thinking and make it obvious that they don't like the child but really have no evidence to back up their conclusions. They lack the evidence because they have nagged the kid about his or her behavior but didn't take the necessary steps in the discipline process and they're just plain fed up with the child's behavior. Or, two, they suffer from such fear of the parent that they communicate untruths about the behavioral and academic progress of the child and present a report that the child, who may be failing at the time, or as a behavioral problem, is doing great. The teacher may even fear the student if the parent throws their weight around enough and transfers this power to the child. So if you fear a conference with the parent, the question is, what category do you fall into? Are you subjective and emotional? Or are you untruthful about the child's progress and con the parent into believing that all is well. Are you subjective, or are you a con artist? So how do we have productive, planned parent conferences, where two people can have a discussion, and the best interest of a child is taken into consideration, and the egos are checked at the door? By the way, the rule of thumb is that we'll spend about 80% of our time dealing with 20% of the students. So if you have 20 students in your room, you'll have problems with three to four of them. The same is true of parents. We'll only have trouble with three or four parents, but the fear and anxiety that these parents can instill in us can occupy not only our professional life, but our personal life as well. So it's worth it to be prepared. So here's a checklist that teachers can use to help them conduct productive planned parent conferences. 
Preparation is key, and overcoming the fear of conflict is necessary if we're going to communicate the progress of a child in an objective and truthful manner. There's two types of parent-teacher conferences, planned and unplanned, and we're going to cover the unplanned at a later time. But right now, I would just want to give you the 10 steps that are necessary to conduct a successful planned parent-teacher conference. Number one, do I know what I'm going to talk about? And can I express my concerns objectively? Number two, do I have documentation to support my concerns about the student's academic or behavioral difficulty? Number three, am I ready to listen and understand as much as I want to be understood? Number four, do I understand the principles and benefits of being in physical rapport with the parent? And we're going to talk more about this when we get into managing unplanned parent conferences. Number five, do I have work samples available for review to support my concerns? Number six, have I kept a behavioral log that documents the child's episodes of disrespect, irresponsibility, noncompliance, and any other type of behavior that is disruptive to the classroom? For example, bullying might be one of them. Number seven, do I know how to overcome objections without becoming defensive? Number eight, is my classroom neat and organized? Number nine, am I ready to make suggestions to the parent that will help the child improve academically and behaviorally? Number ten, do I know how to end the conference on a positive note? Now by following these steps, maintaining objectivity, and being truthful, we will be in a better position when we conduct parent conferences.